Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. Do you have concerns about your health or the health of your family? Do you find yourself confused by the back and forth in the media about what causes disease? Do you ever get scared when thinking about the staggering rise in cancer and chronic illness in just the past couple decades? While it's very easy to be confused and scared when it comes to health and nutrition and disease, what is the answer? Well, our guest today, Gary Null, best-selling author, talk show host, health guru, sometimes called the Ralph Nader of Health. And he's written literally dozens of books on how to eat right, minimize risk of illness. And today he's going to give us a lot of great information about what is really driving disease and poor health in this country, and most importantly, how to overcome it. So welcome to the show, Gary. I'm a big fan, and um, it's great to have you on Living Wealthy Radio. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity. So briefly, can you share your background with our audience? All right. Well, I grew up in West Virginia. I've lived on a ranch or a farm my entire adult life. I'm a certified organic farmer, beekeeper. I had the first teaching farm, organic teaching farm in New York State, the Fertiler Farm. I had the first uh, vegetarian restaurant, uh, gourmet vegetarian restaurant in American history, the Fertile Earth. Um, I enjoy teaching people how to grow things, uh, how to be self-sufficient, get off the grid, how to live. My home is 100% solar. I have my own wells. um, I grow food. And so showing people today, especially highly educated people who feel, well, I don't need any of this. I can afford anything. You're probably right. But what do you think is going to be better for you, your health, and the environment? Growing a tomato where you watch it grow and evolve and picking it when you want or buying a tomato where you don't know where it's grown, you don't know the conditions under which it was grown, might be grown in Mexico or take, you know, 10 days to get to where you're going to use it so it's not really that healthy and tastes more like cardboard. So my background was in self-sufficiency. I graduated with my first degree in business, and then purely by chance, I was, um, I was seeing how difficult it was to survive in New York City. I arrived on a Greyhound bus with $12. That's it. Knew no one. And I was both overwhelmed by a city where, in my hometown, a big building is four stories. And you can imagine getting off a bus and looking uh, around the city. And so I wrote a book, a little book, called Surviving and Settling in New York on a Shoestring, showing people who didn't have money, and I didn't, I had nothing, uh, but I refused to collect welfare, even though I was below that level, I could have financially. Instead, my life was actually thriving. Uh, I, I went to a Broadway show almost every night and concerts. I dressed in the finest clothes, and, and I had the best food, and I socialized a lot. How was that possible? Well, that was the theme. You know, I went to the Salvation Army, found where the rich people donated their clothes, and I, I had also learned how to sew. I had worked for Singer Sewing Machine Company, 
And so I cut my own patterns on all my friends were equally as poor as I was, but they were all dressed in nice because I could buy a full suit for $5. I could buy dress pants, uh, a shirt for $2. And so we were all poor financially, but we all looked like we you know, could be anywhere. And then we'd wait till everyone came out of a Broadway show after the first act. Then when they came out and started mixing, as all the Broadway theaters do, they give you a break. And that's when they had three acts. We would go back in and find empty seats. It was called second acting. So all the things I learned to do to enjoy quality of life, and then I had this little book, and lo and behold, someone saw me on a, a little uh, radio program, a television program, and invited me to write a book on health. And I had no background, but I educated myself, and I wrote a book, and it became the biggest-selling health book in history, The Complete Hammock of Nutrition. From there, I went back to school, became a registered dietitian, then got my undergraduate, graduate, doctorate, Ph.D. with honors in human nutrition and public health science. I had multiple majors. I then became a research scientist at the Institute of Applied Biology and spent my entire career studying anti-aging medicine. How can we slow down and reverse, where possible, aging? I then published many different articles. I've done 43 studies with human beings showing how diet, uh, lifestyle modification, stress, exercise impacts your aging, either speeds it up or slows it down. And, um, and I've written over 100 books, and I've produced over 100 award-winning documentaries. The latest I just premiered last week in New York, Saving the Planet One Bite at a Time, How Our Diet Directly Impacts uh, the Planet. And uh, so I was invited on a radio program, and I've been on the radio ever since, 12 years on ABC and MCA and WR. These are major radio stations. And I've been on the same station, WBAI in New York and the Pacifica Foundation, for 39 years every single day. And I try to empower people with information they would not have had, always cutting edge. And so that's a little bit about my background. So I, I have to ask, I'm curious, who funds your radio show? No one. No one. So you mentioned ABC, right? You know, if if we watch TV and listen to the radio, so many of those shows today are funded by the pharmaceutical industry. Almost all of them. Yes. Almost all. And and I intentionally, I've, I've had a double career. One is I found the Progressive Radio Network, Progressive We've had the left and we've had the right. We've had conservative and liberal as if those are the only truths, and they're not. I look for the truth that empowers people. I don't care where it comes from. So I don't attach a name. I don't support the Democrats. I don't support the Republicans. I don't support the conservative. I don't support the liberals because I find that they're not looking at all the people and their issues and the planet in a way that is empowering. More often than not, it's selfish or or. So, you know, it's for their own self-needs. And so my radio program the, on the Progressive Radio Network, there's no advertising at all. And, uh, and we have, we're number one in the world. Um, so the idea that somehow you have to have publicity and you have to have money behind you, well, not true. Uh, if you Google right now, if you Google, are you near a computer? I Can you Google am. this? Sure. Okay. Go to Google, and what's one of your favorite documentaries? Just 
think of a documentary, you know, any documentary you've liked. Oh, um, name some of the food ones. I'd probably watch them all. All right, how about uh, Forks Over Knives? Yep, that's a great one. Forks? Okay, Google Forks Over Knives, and on the left-hand side, up near it, below the title, it'll tell you how many search results you get. And what are the search results? This is something people at home can do. And the reason I'm asking you to do this is because we've been led there's only one truth, official truth. So if the FDA, the USDA, the National Cancer Institute tells us, well, this is the truth, you need these vaccines, how do we know they're not lying? How do we know they're not influenced by the pharmaceutical industry that's making billions of dollars a year and has no liability? You can't sue them. Even if every single person in America died tomorrow from taking vaccines, you have no legal recourse. You have to go through the government, not the vaccine manufacturers. And what happens if they say, use this pesticide, a glyphosate, a Roundup? It's, it's not going to hurt you, but you find out it does. You know, well, the official truth, then, is, is not a... It's not a truth to you. It's hurt you. Mm-hmm. So what number did you come up with there? 1,300 results. Okay, that's not bad. Now Google my film, The War on Health, and you'll come up with a different number. What number is that? Hmm. The War on Health. The War on what? Health. Yes. Interesting. FDA's cult of tyranny, 354 yes. million results. That's correct. Now, why didn't yes, I come up with up, that up, one at yes, top of mind? over 400 million. <laughs> so now let's just take another one, a movie I just uh, premiered. It's won about eight awards. Uh, Poverty, Inc., the real causes of, of poverty in America. And we have 260 million Americans who are living just at above or below the poverty level. And what are the results on that? And that's not been in a single movie theater, and uh, I have done no publicity on it, and I did no publicity, nor has War on Health been in a theater at all. What's the number on that? Well, Gary, that one hasn't done as well. Only 112 million results? Just 112 million. Now, each one of my films I can give you, you're going to get these kind of numbers. How is that possible? Now, we have conservative radio, and you'll get about 90 million, and it'll list Rush Lombard and Laura Ingram and Mark Levin and and, uh, Sean Hannity, and then you'll give liberal radio. But then you have progressive radio that is number one. It beats them both. And that, if you Google progressive radio, Google progressive radio right now. I'm doing that. And since I started the progressive radio network, 12 years ago, I refused to do any publicity. I refused it. No no public relations, press releases, interviews, nothing. Zero publicity. What are the search results? Progressive radio. 110 million results. Okay. Now, Google conservative radio. Let's compare it to something. So conservative radio, they spend a lot of money, and they have a lot of exposure. All right? They're, they're all 90, these people out there writing, huh? 98,600,000 results? Yeah. So more results for progressive radio, and number one, of course, the progressive radio network, without any publicity at all. So here's the takeaway message. We live at a time 
when historically whatever was on the network, we believed it. And whatever the people who were the spokesmen for the network said, we believed them. And then we followed their advice, and we became a nation phobic on lowering our cholesterol using statin drugs and telling our children there was something wrong with them and giving them medication like Ritalin for ADHD and ADD. And we were told that if you didn't feel good at a party, you had social anxiety disorder. If you didn't like math, you had math disorder. If you talked back to any authority figure, you had authority defiance disorder. These were supposed to be brain chemical imbalances, and we were sure everyone had these because everybody was learning this from television ads. And then the government backed them up, and then you were paid if you were a doctor or a neurologist or a psychologist for prescribing uh, these toxic drugs. The trouble is it's not true. In fact, none of this that I just told you is true. There is no such thing as a brain chemical imbalance. There's just normal life. Stuff happens in life. We go through grief. We are going to learn how to adapt to losing loved ones. We don't want to. We'll grieve. Some will grieve shorter. Some will grieve longer. But we we feel it at the heart level. It, it It's like getting punched in the stomach. We don't feel good when something happens unexpected or something that we can't handle. That's a normal part of life. If we choose not to do our homework and we choose to act out in class, we should be graded accordingly. Today, in New York State, New York City, they determined that kids who were failing should not fail. So they arbitrarily changed all the failing grades to passing grades. And yet these are kids who are now going to think that somehow they're smarter than they are. And what does it say to the kids that actually do their homework? Uh, I gave a report yesterday on my show that, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. One in every three children in the United States under 16 is abused last year. Well, how did we suddenly go from a nation that didn't abuse children to a nation where it's massive abuse, including bullying? So when they tell us our kids are nuts and got brain chemical imbalances, that's not true. When they tell us we have to lower our cholesterol using statins, that's not true. When they tell us that chemotherapy and radiation are the only two ways of approaching cancer, that's a lie. When they tell us that we don't have to deal with problems anymore, take a drug, that's enabling us. They tell us that GMO foods, genetic and modified foods, are the same as organic. They lie. When they tell us don't worry about the 200 chemicals you're consuming each day that are man-made, we should. When we ask them, what about the 80,000 chemicals that you put into an environment, they say, trust us. And when they say, vote for us, we have your best interest, and then we see how they just passed the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which will destroy our Constitution. I'm a big constitutionalist. I'm a big believer in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Then I have to say, well, you've taken away habeas corpus. You've taken away our right to privacy. You've been illegally eavesdropping on every phone conversation, every email, not just collecting the data of where we called and what time and how long, you actually capture the actual conversation. You actually uh, scan every single website so you can create profiles on people, and then you allow private businesses to have that. You create a national security state, and yet you say you're broke, and yet you're spending $1.6 trillion mainly to private contractors, and you don't make it safer. So you see, what I have found is there is not just one truth. And this, these numbers I just gave you, those are real numbers. Those are Google Analytics. That means that there are hundreds of millions of people who want the truth outside of what the liberal and conservatives give us, who want the truth outside of official 
power brokers out of Washington who are just mouthpieces for the lobbyists behind them. We have the most pimps in the world in one place. It's called Washington, D.C. I believe that everyone in Washington, D.C., every single employee should be made to wear a pimp outfit each day so they stand out. At least we know who's paying them because they're not working for us. So in my world of health, yeah, I advocate things that are radical, like eat your vegetables and fruit, things that are almost revolutionary. Get your fiber. Things that are almost un-American. Drink fresh juices instead of colas. And the most, the most almost heretical of all, believe in yourself. Who was it who just said, that woman on MSNBC, that it's not your kid, it's a village's kid? Mm. All right, well, sorry, it is my kid. And if my kid's acting out, then I have to take an honest look at what I'm doing that could be reflecting on what that child's choices are. We have lost the idea that we count. So I'm one of those people who believe in empowering people, giving them the tools they need to live an honest, moral, ethical life, and not to limit themselves. And I just said this today on my show, that we've been led to believe that we cannot live an authentic life. And near death, and I counsel people uh, who are terminally ill, and a lot of those people are alive and well today. And when they come to see me, everything Orthodox medicine, the official medicine, the official healing can do, has been done, and it's failed. So when they come, they always have to have a letter from their doctor showing that they're terminal. And generally, they've been given morphine or some narcotic and said to go home, put your life in order, or to go into hospice care, which means you'll live a few days to weeks, maybe a couple months, but you're gone. And those people are alive and well, so many of them today, with no disease. And when they go back to their doctor, doctor says, well, we don't know what happened. Well, why don't you ask? And they're afraid to. They're afraid to know of any other truth because then it might reflect poorly upon the absolute truth that they've been living by. So that's the world in which I live. In fact, someone you know, her name is Joyce Riley. She has spent her adult life serving our country honorably. She came down with Gulf War Syndrome. She represented other Gulf War vets. She's done a three-hour program on the radio for a long time, and then I get a call. And I get it. This is an interesting call. And it's from uh, my producer who says, I got a call from this woman named Joyce Riley. She's terminally ill. Uh, she's a nurse for 40 years. And for many of those years, she's been a cancer nurse, a chemotherapy nurse. And she said that she's never seen a patient of hers survive who was terminal with chemotherapy. And, and she's tried everything, and nothing's worked. And she's got breast cancer, metastasized, three cancers in the breast, metastasized to the spine, the liver, and the bones. She's in excruciating pain. She's put her life in order. She's stopped her radio show. She's um, uh, she's given away her possessions. Uh, she's going into hospice care, and she's at the end of the lifespan. The doctors, who were her friends, her oncologist, said that she could expect to live, and she probably has no more than two months to live, but she's in excruciating pain. Is there anything I could do to help her with the pain? So I said, well, let's try. And uh, she came down to a retreat I did in April, and she couldn't lift her head up. She was shuffling with a little cane. And I said, Joyce, what do you regret in your life? 
And she said, I don't know. I said, well, think for a moment. You're at the end of your life now. Uh, you don't owe anyone anything. You've served your country. You've served your family and your friends. You've been responsible. Now, what do you regret? And she had to think about it. And then she reeled off several things she regretted. And this is the most common thing people regret when they're at the end of their life. Not having lived their own life, but lived the life others expected them to live. And I said, well, what if I told you that today your therapy here, not a therapy, I don't treat people, but your, your program is going to be writing out the life you want to live. And she said, but why? I'm, I'll be dead soon. I said, who says you're going to be dead soon? Well, I'm a nurse. The oncologist, look at my cancer. I said, no, the trouble when people are sick is they put all their energy into their disease. I'm asking you here not to put any energy into your disease or fear of loss. Instead, let's put that energy into something that's positive, uplifting, that is spiritual. And so it took her a day just to wrap her mind around this because it was so different but by the second day, she began to write and think. And by the third day, I saw her walking. And within a week, she was walking fast and said, I'm no longer in pain. And then well, she was supposed to go home, and she said, can I stay another week? And I said, yes. At the end of the second week, she said the following, and I'm quoting her, and she gave me permission. She just told her own audience. She said, I came here to lessen my pain when I was dying, but I don't have any pain, I have energy galore, and I'm going home to live. And I said, good, that's your first step. Now know what it is you want to do and create no, no limitations, because limitations are what people tell us to believe in, so they put barriers around us as if we should live within those confined beliefs. What would you do if you had no constraints? What choices would you make? And so the second week, three other women experienced something very similar. Uh, one guy had been a, is a 40-year employee of the National Institute of Health, and he was there. By the way, I never ask a single person a question about their health. Instead, I ask them to think about health and wellness and look at the beautiful environment, the mineral waters and um, the eagles in the tree and the guinea hens and the petting chickens and the gourmet meals and the, the, the wheatgrass and all the juices all day long, uh, the berry juices, the wonderful uh, cooking classes, guilt-free desserts. Uh, look at all the microgreens and sprouts, and alfalfa and, and mung bean and fenugreek and sunflower being grown. The meditation, the artist healing, the swimming in the water aerobics, the working out in the gym, uh, the country roads with the wonderful horses. And I said, that's where you put your energy. No cell phones allowed. I want you here. I don't want you somewhere else. Well, now she went home. And lo and behold, she went back on the radio, at which she had been off of, and she had to regain her audience. And she's doing that. And she's just telling the story about how now she has a different life, different values, different, different way of looking at things. And, and, uh, and she's coming back. In August. Now, mind you, she's way past her death date. Way past it. Months past it. And she's getting stronger and healthier. So she went back to her oncologist last week. 
and he said, I don't know what the heck's going on. I can't explain this, but your tumors are shrinking. And when she left, we had another person there who's also a 40-year oncology nurse, and she couldn't palpate any tumor in her breast. And I said, well, I said, it's amazing what happens when we put our energy into the right place and liberate the body's natural healing capacities, which we have been fearful of. You know, we, we trust a vaccine to give you an artificial um, immunization, but we don't trust breast milk, and, um, which is the natural way to immunize. We, we will trust a fast food meal um, that's over-gorging on dead flesh, and we won't trust, uh, you know, grains and beans and nuts and seeds and legumes and uh, vegetables and rutabaga and kohlrabi and sweet potatoes. and We won't trust that. We won't trust vitamins, but we'll trust medications. You see, we put our trust in the wrong things, and then we don't get the outcome we want. We get angry. Well, Joyce Riley is but one person, and she'll be there this August, who has a different story that she's writing. Because what do we have in life? We have a story. We all write our stories, and then we share that story with whoever's interested. And we can very well and articulately tell people what we do. It's not so easy for most people to tell others who they are. Because that's what we have mastered our careers, but we have not mastered our lives. So I'm interested in getting people to master their life with joy and happiness. Because you can't be healthy if you're not happy. And happiness is not something that can be commodified and commercialized. You can't buy happy. If you think you can, then you should sit across from me at night when a billionaire, uh, multimillionaires, very successful CEOs of major corporations, some of those powerful people in the world, sit across from me, and they have everything, and they're empty vessels. They're not happy. They're lonely. No matter how many people they surround themselves with, they just distract themselves. They just have more expensive ways of distracting themselves. And it reminded me of my mother, because I come from a very humble background, and after I had my first best-selling book, I went home, took that Greyhound bus back to West Virginia, and my mother lived in a trailer. And uh, I said, Mom, I, I got a surprise for you. And she said, what's that? I said, well, come on. So we went into town, and there was a street called Market Street, and there were two very well-known homes, probably the two nicest homes in the town, the wealthy people owned them. One was a colonial, and the other was a Victorian. I said, look at those two homes. Which one's your favorite? And she said, well, they're both nice. I said, but which one do you like better? And she said, well, I kind of like that cloning. I said, well, we're going to go down today. I'm going to buy it for you. I'm going to pay for it. And she looked at me and she said, well, Gary Michael, no, you're not. I said, but I want to. She said, do you really think I'd be happier in that house than where I'm living? She said, I'm happy. I don't need anything around me to be happy. I have love. I have my Christian beliefs. I have community that I'm a part of, the First Christian Church down there, that she was the secretary to for 28 years. She said, I have wonderful friends, and I have my sons. She said, what more could I want? She said, I'm happy. You don't buy happiness, Gary. She said, I understand. And she said, now, you're going to go back to New York, 
and you put that money to some in some way that can help other people. And when someone comes to see you, which they will in time, for your advice, what are you going to charge them? And this was an interesting conversation. I said, I don't know. He said, but you know how it works, don't you? You charge people based upon your success. So if you're very famous, uh, you charge the most you can. And if you're not, you don't. You charge less. And she says, no. She said, I want to show you something. So on the way back to the trailer, she dropped by. We, she had me drive by Mount Olive Cemetery. And we got out and we walked around. I didn't know what she was doing. And she said, you see these big moss limbs? She said, these are some of the wealthiest people in, in Parksburg history. Nobody remembers them except that they had big houses or were wealthy. She said, see these over here? And she knew some of these people. She said, these are people everyone loved because, and they were really missed because they didn't have anything materially, but boy, did they have a lot of love to give, and they were always there for you, and no matter what happened, you didn't have to pay them if they were a plumber or a mason. They'd come out and they'd help you just because you needed it. She says, so now remember that. So when I got back to New York, I did a lecture, and it was at, and about two weeks later, and it was way out at the end of Brooklyn, and that's a long way from Manhattan where I lived. And it was packed, and it was successful. And I helped the custodian fold the chairs before we made it a night, and everyone was gone. And then, then uh, when he's driving me, I noticed there's this little old lady, but I noticed she was the last person to ask me a question. And here it is midnight. So I said, could you pull over, please? So he pulled over, and I said, ma'am, I said, uh, weren't you at my lecture? She said, oh, yes, I was. I said, do you live in the neighborhood? She said, no. I said, where do you live? She said, I live in the Bronx. I said, the Bronx? I said, the buses don't run after this hour. How are you going to get home? She said, well, I have to, you know, go to a subway. And I said, it's going to take you four hours to get home. I said, no, you get in the car. So I, we drove her, and not a word was said until she went to get out of the car. And she got out of the car, and then she turned around and she said, I just want you to know that I have faith now that there's something that can be done to help my sister who has terminal cancer. And she said, what I really appreciate is that we spent every money, dollar we have helping her, and I didn't have a nickel. So had you even charged $10 for your lecture, instead of doing as you did for free, I couldn't have attended she said, thank you, and she left. Wow. Boy, that hit me. It's the kind of thing that you can't shake. It resonates. It's a truth that resonates. And I thought about that. And then I realized I put the two together, what my mother said and what this woman said. And as a result, from that day till now, I've counseled, I'm guesstimating, around 70,000 people. I've never charged a penny. Not one nickel, nothing. Rich or poor, billionaire or school teacher, whoever, they all get it for free. And yet in the world we live in, that's stupid. If you're the most famous nutritionist in the world, you should be charging maximum dollars. And in fact, there's some that are not so famous charging $2,000. I charge nothing, zero, when I counsel people. And when I go to bed at night, I realize what my mother said. She says, Son, if you have a gift, give a gift. So my mother was right. Uh, you can't buy love even if you want to. You can be generous if you choose to. 
And if you share your heart, then that's a connection that lasts. So that's just a little story I thought you'd like to hear. Wonderful story. Joyce Riley, uh, as you know, and and, uh, probably many of my listeners are familiar with Joyce Riley, she has been on the radio a long time, does a three-hour show, and promotes and lives a very healthy lifestyle. The reason for her cancer, who knows, right? Gulf War syndrome, stress, you know, life before she found the truth and healthy living, et cetera. Uh, So she was doing a lot of things right. The difference between what she was doing before she went to your retreat and during your retreat, would you say is just the focus on living versus on her pain and dying? That's a very important part of it is where where you put your focus is what your brain actually creates and your immune system responds to. A happy thought, positive immune response. Negative thought, anger, uh, envy, jealousy, insecurity, uncertainty. Cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine starts to secrete. Inflammatory cytokines, the number one cause of all disease at the biochemical level are inflammation, cancer, inflammatory, diabetes, inflammatory, heart disease, inflammatory, dementia, Alzheimer's, inflammatory. So turning off the inflammation is what is important. And your thoughts are the very first thing that can turn off inflammation. Then you have to engage nature and allowing nature to help you rebalance. When you alkalize your blood by taking in, uh, let's say, celery, green apple, and lemon juice, you're alkalizing. When you take in a um, bromelain, which is the pithy part of the center of pineapple, you're turning off inflammation. Uh, When you're taking in garlic and onion, an onion a day keeps a stroke away. You're thinning the blood and hence lessening the aggregation, the clumping of red blood cells that can lead to strokes. And so... By exercising, you're stimulating endorphins in a feel-good state, and you're also stimulating a better production of GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid in the brain. You're cleansing the liver. You're creating a microcirculation to the brain, which is important, uh, from simply power walking or power biking and or swimming. When you then want to go in and heal that tissue, there are nutrients that help heal that tissue. Uh, You can do some with diet and then other things with homeopathics and zeolites and nutrients. If you have a brain that needs help, and I've done 35 original documentaries that have appeared on PBS stations. Last year I had the number one and number two in Reboot Your Brain, Rejuvenating Aging Brains. And why? I took a group of women, and these are all women who had menopause, were in menopause, and there were over... And for one year, we met every week for three hours, and we focused upon de-stressing and cleansing and detoxification. At the end of that period of time, we had reversed night sweats and, and hot flashes and thinning of the hair and falling of the hair, and we had the skin tighten up and uh, wrinkles were gone and energy improved, libido improved, uh, vaginal thinning and, and infections were gone. 
uh, the, the normalization of the thyroid gland, weight was dropping off, and uh, clarity of thought. In fact, I, was, uh, I presented that at the International Academy of Advertising Medicine, Washington, D.C., before 7,000 scientists and physicians. But in the process, I also was focusing on a subgroup, people who had problems with their brains. To get in, to get qualified to get into the study, you had to have dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, multiple sclerosis. Well, one of the women who had advanced Alzheimer's, I mean really advanced, um, we, in 16 months, we reversed all that. In fact, she came to Washington, D.C. and went out on the stage, and she said, I'm such and such, I'm a professor, and I was on my way to a assisted living center for Alzheimer's when the driver of the car heard Gary on the radio talking about doing a health support group for brain, uh, brain-challenged people, and, and uh, the driver got me into this, and this is the results. And this, to my knowledge, I know of no other case in the world where someone has reversed advanced Alzheimer's. Kenny, a plumber, he'll be at the retreat, by the way, Kenny will. His an interesting story. He, his multiple sclerosis was so bad that his two different neurologists had him going to the stage where he had to build, build railings around his house and explain, well, now you're losing your muscle um, mass and your balance, coordination, so you'll have to have these railings, and then on your bed you have to have the railings, and, and uh, you're in the end stage of it now. And uh, 13 months later, they could find no demyelinization. Uh, they could find no symptoms of multiple uh, of multiple sclerosis he was completely different totally normal and in the first meeting it almost didn't happen because i went downstairs when one of the people coming in upstairs said there's someone downstairs and they're crying so i was just ready to start the health support group and and we film everyone to make sure we get it before and after so i go downstairs and here's this woman and she is crying and i said what's the problem she's i i I got to take him home because I can't get him up the steps. He can't walk. And I said, well, that's not a problem. So I said, you get on one side, I'll get on the other, and we'll, we'll get him up the stairs. And we did. Well, now he's dynamically strong and healthy. But it didn't happen overnight. It was no miracle. It was no magic. It was simply cause and effect. Repair the damage. But the average person doesn't have the tools to repair that damage. They don't know about it. Your average doctor doesn't know about these tools. And those are just two. And then there was a woman, Luann Panessi, and Luann, Luann was quite a case, a 40-year practicing nurse. She headed nursing at Long Island Jewish Hospital. And she, when she came to see me, she was just burned out, burned out. She had herpes 1 and 2, hepatitis B, and she said all this on the air. I'm not betraying any confidence. Uh, she had cytomegalovirus. They went to operate on her breast, get take a double mastectomy. Uh, she had bleeding fibroids, um, tumors. Uh, she she had recurrent pneumonia. And first she came to retreat. We detoxed. And then she started to get her mind focused on what she should do to honor life. She quit her job. And now she's a holistic nurse. And she doesn't have a single thing. She's zero, negative on herpes, hepatitis, cytomegalovirus, adult acne, in fact, just uh, recently, she did the World Games and won a silver medal in the 10K. So, uh, you, and she's 60. You look at her, she looks, she has the body of a 25-year-old. 
Mm. No wrinkles, nothing, no fatigue, dynamically healthy. So I've spent my whole life working in the can-do, let's do it differently. If you do what everyone else is doing, you're going to fail like everyone else does and want to be rewarded for your effort but never for your results. I believe people should be rewarded for their results, not their efforts. So that's just an example of what's possible. Well, she came to Washington, and the Alzheimer's person came to Washington. And finally, there was a young man, and his name is Ortega, and his parents are both New York City police officers. And they were having to put him into a special center, which, by the way, is really not good because they always die in these places, mm. where you're too big and you're too rowdy with autism. And he was violent and hadn't uttered a word in 14 years since he got these vaccines and became autistic. In any case, uh, she had taken him to the psychiatrist, came home, and he recommended a fifth. She was on four, a fifth antipsychotic medication. She thought will kill him. And just when she was sitting in the kitchen and crying, not knowing what the heck to do, she was listening to me on the radio, and I was talking about how to get rid of seizures naturally. She tried that because he had seizures. That got rid of seizures, and then she brought him in, and I put Jonathan, Jonathan Ortega's his name. And lo and behold, uh, uh, about 14 months later, there's Jonathan walking out on a stage in uh, Washington, D.C., before 7,000 scientists and saying, my name is Jonathan Ortega. I love cooking and music and playing the guitar. I like to make my parents breakfast in the morning. And here are some cards. And I said, what do these cards show, Jonathan? He said, well, outstanding student of the week. And for how many months? Ten months. And then I said, why is this unusual, people? And the scientists are looking at me like, what's going on? And I said, because this guy had advanced autism. And he's not the only one in America to have autism spectrum sort of reversed. But you wouldn't know that if you looked at all the foundations making tens of millions of dollars off drugs. But he didn't do it with drugs. So that's just examples of what is possible. And it's just like Bannister, who broke the four-minute mile, when all the experts in the world, all the physiologists and, and uh, scientists, says you couldn't have a human body go below four minutes, and he did 358. And once he did it, lots of other people did it right after him. What were they waiting for? Someone to show that it could be done. So now we're at a point where we can show that we can do things that we were told by the official people couldn't be done. Or unless they did it with their drugs, but they haven't done it, and yet it's being done all the time. So that's the truth that's out there. You promote a nutrition plan, an eating plan without meat and dairy, and there are many people out there who are also promoting a lifestyle nutrition diet, paleo, that they also believe um, decreases inflammation and can achieve similar results to what you promote. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's fine. I believe that there could be multiple truths and multiple approaches to conditions. But at the same time, just on my radio show today at noon, I talked about the latest science on the paleo diet, that it causes inflammation and that it causes brain chemical imbalances that can lead to agitation, irritability, depression, and anxiety. And uh, all the studies, the actual studies on the paleo diet shows that 
the cavemen never ate the way that we are telling people to eat today. It, it's a nice gimmick. You know, it's, look, I've, I've been around long enough to see all the different fads, mm. and they're all successful, but none of them work. You know, it, it's, you know, like the blood type. Well, then, okay, I took 35,000 people, put them all in the same identical protocol with all different blood types, and they all benefited. So much for the blood type. And the Atkins, Robert Atkins was a close friend of mine, and uh, he was a big carnivore. Oh, by the way, where's Robert Atkins? He passed away. Oh, yeah, he did at a <laughs> young age. All right. And where are all the other health experts? Oh, I forgot. They're dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, dismissing irony, but I've seen it long enough. You know, I, I've seen the people who made millions of dollars selling stuff and scrambling to be number one. And I just, that's not a game I play. I really don't care about that. I care about what works. And in point of fact, the real science supports this. But I see that we're coming up near the end of the show, and I want to do something, and it's not to embarrass you. And in my world, I believe if you have a gift, you give a gift. So please accept this in whatever way you choose. But I'd like in honoring you and the work you do for your audience, every person that contacts you, they don't contact me, uh, I will give you to give them a $40 valued video, a documentary, award-winning documentary, Supercharge Your Immune System. Because everybody needs a better immune system, every human being. And the direct relationship between your immune system and your gut bacteria and your the different microbes, the you know, cytokines and everything else is, depends upon whether you'll get sick or not. And the stronger our immune system, the healthier our immune system, the longer we're going to live and the better we're going to be. And this was a very popular special on PBS stations around the United States. So that's my gift to you. And I'll, I'll pay to, you know, um, I'll mail it out to you and then if the people in this audience care about their health, pass it on to them for free. Gary, that's incredibly generous. Thank you so very much. Um, the the hour went by so quickly. I um, I still have so many questions. Uh, I, you've got an incredible brain history, um, knowledge base that I would love to pick. Obviously, a lot of that you've shared with people through your books. Um, your website is GaryNull.com. Any other websites or anything else you'd like to promote? Well, each day we have the, we've had over 100 million visits to the Progressive Radio Network uh, website because we post the most interesting articles. And I, every day at 4 o'clock in the morning when I wake and I, I look around the world at pictures for animals that are loving. For example, there's one up there now I posted this morning where there's a there's an orangutan that was watching the people feed the baby lions, baby tigers, and he went to try it. So he began, the orangutan began feeding the baby tigers. And you see this just adorable scene where this orangutan's hugging and kissing the tigers, and the tigers are playing all over him. Well, they'll grow up and bond. Now, one day, this, these tigers are going to be 500, 600 pounds, and they'll treat that orangutan like it's his mother. And so I, I post nature shots in the most beautiful place in the world, plus hard-hitting articles. 
I combine hard-hitting articles we wouldn't know about, the truth behind uh, the, uh, the Greek bailout. You know, the Greeks never got the money. Goldman Sachs got the money. So we're told, oh, you've got to be responsible and pay your $380 billion in debt, and hence go on all these austerity programs. But the average person is sacrificing their pensions and their salaries and their quality of life for debt they didn't incur. But the bankers incurred it for them. So I, ta- I, I post those articles. So articles that really tell us the truth, I post com or prn.fm, and videos and documentaries as well. And lastly... If anyone in this audience would like to join me for a week in August to rebalance, to cleanse, to rejuvenate, it's a wonderful, beautiful environment up around Mineola, Texas. That's about an hour, half east of, uh, northeast of Dallas, beautiful area. And Joyce Riley will be there, and, and Lou Panessi will be there, and people will be able to really put their life in a, in, in a place of no stress, cleansing, detoxification, and rejuvenation. And around some wonderful petting animals and quiet time, and just it's very serene and very beautiful. Let me give you a phone number. If anyone's interested, they can call Luann directly and ask her anything that I said. You know, Gary Nall said that you reversed hepatitis and his protocols and herpes, and she'll tell you. Her number is 631 631- 504-6198. That's 631-504-6198. And that way, those who want can, and everyone else, get your documentary. It's free. There's no strings attached. I'm going back to what my mother said. If you got a gift, give a gift. It keeps you alignment with your own spirit. And I'm a big believer in spiritual values. And we will also post a copy of um, or the recording of this show on Living Wealthy Radio and also contact information for you, Gary. And again, thank you so much. I look forward to meeting you in August and uh, perhaps we'll do another show there. Great. I look forward to it. And I want to thank you, and I want to thank your audience, a member of one of the greatest gifts we can give people is our time. So when people take their time and listen to your program, it's because you're exchanging something with them. And so I never take anything for granted. And so when people give their time to listen, I just want to say to them, thank you very much for giving us your time. Wonderful, Gary. Thank you so much. God bless. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.